Thank you for being here. We have uh, started this uh, journey on men as stewards and recovering the biblical teaching of men as stewards. If you go back and read Genesis and all of that, uh, Adam is introduced to the God story as a steward of all that God has created. He is a steward of himself. He's a steward of the garden. And remember, God did not give Adam the whole world. He gave him a garden. And one of the most important things you and I can do is determine where our garden is. It is so big by so big. Uh, he is a steward of Eve. He would have received Eve the same way he received the garden because they're just a handful of verses apart. Um, he would have understood that he, had, he did not own Eve, uh, that the master created her, the father created her, and that he had been given Eve to steward Eve so he could maximize Eve for the greater good and the glory of the master. Uh, now, we're going to talk about being stewards of children. Uh, in the Abraham story, Isaac is given to Sarah and Abraham as a sign that God is going to keep his promise. Remember, God made the promise that the descendants of Abraham would be more than the stars in the sky. One problem with that is they did not have any children. It's hard to have more descendants than you can have stars in the sky when you do not have the first one. So Isaac is introduced to the God story and Abraham's story um, as the, the symbol, the sign that God keeps his promises. And that's why the, uh, the commandment to kill a, uh, Isaac was so traumatic. Uh, because what uh, Abraham had done uh, is what a lot of us do. We trust the gift, not the giver. Okay, he thought the promise would now come true through Isaac rather than the God who made the promise and who keep promises regardless if we can see how a way can be worked out or not. You and I have the great opportunity to influence the future and to be part of future generations as we invest in the lives of our children. Now, there's a handful of verses that you readily know about, about children. Now this is, the, this is Proverbs 22. Start a youth out on his way, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's the, uh, the, the, the Christian standard version, the Lifeway version. Most of you know it. Raise up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Now, when I was growing up in my little fundamentalist Baptist church, the emphasis was always on the way, right? Wait, raise up a child in the way which means you drug your child to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, RAs, GAs. Every time the doors were open, we were being drugged to church for something. And you were, you were told to sit in church and behave and listen. And it, it just about squashed the love of Jesus out of most of us. Okay, because but if you get out of it, you're going to know the way. What if you change that to where the emphasis is on the child? Raise up a child in the way that he should go. God had a, has a dream for the child long before you knew that child. And it's your job as a steward to identify and call out the dream that God has for this child. Not to impose your understanding of the way on them. 
Now, if you want to see this happen, go to any baseball field or football field on Saturday and watch fathers losing their minds because their eight-year-old would rather put grass in his glove than to pay attention to what the count is. And we have lots of fathers who are trying to relive or regain their athletic past through the life of a child who may or may not care about that particular adventure in life. Okay, I get in trouble all the time because I did not meet somebody's expectation of how I ought to be. I got chewed out all the time and lectured by well-meaning friends who would talk to me about the way I worship. I'm not very expressive in my worship. I rarely ever, if ever, raise my hands in worship. I have friends who do that. It's authentic for them. Good for them. I don't do that. Okay, I get real quiet when I worship. I get real, real still when I worship. Now, I'm as, I'm as deep in the worship as you are. But I show it differently. Everybody gets mad. You just need to, you just need to express yourself. You need to let it go. Raise I don't do that. Don't make me do what you do. Okay. Raise up a child. Understand your child so well that you know them better than they know themselves. Chris and Craig look just alike. My boys. They're twins. They look just alike. Vastly, vastly different children. Okay, Chris was born old. You have a child who's born old? Okay, Chris quit trick-or-treating when he was six. We're walking down the neighborhood. I said, okay, we well, go down the street. I'm going home. Why? You got all this other stuff. I'm not going to dress up and beg for candy. This is stupid. <laughs> I'm going to home and eat mama's candy. This is crazy. We quit trick-or-treating. He had a plan. I've never known a kid with a plan, but Chris had one. You didn't so much raise Chris as check with him about the plan. Where are you on the plan? And he would tell you. And you would ask him, why aren't you, you know, that girl's cute. Why don't you ask her out? She's not in the plan. Okay. Craig, Craig would go, uh, for Craig, an A was a mistake. Okay. He could have made a B. I'd have been just as happy and he could have partied another night. It was, Craig would go to satanic worship just to hang out with the people. He'd come back and tell me, yeah, that goat thing's a little weird, but you know, (laughs) But I know a lot of those people, Dad. So uh, it's just fascinating. If you punish Chris, he would suffer like a political prisoner. Like one day you're going to realize you were wrong. You're going to come back and apologize to me. I'm not going to forgive you. Craig just crushed Craig. He's still mad. He's still mad. Vastly different children. We want you to treat us the same, Daddy. I can't because you're not the same children. Do you know your child well enough that you know your child's way. Not your way, but the way that God has for that child. Uh, The other famous verse is you'll find in Ephesians 6. Uh, Ephesians 6 says, fathers, do not anger your children. Um, Do not provoke your children, but raise them up in the training and the instruction or admonition of the Lord. 
when you first read that, it really, it, you think, my word, Paul does not have a real high standard for dads. It, it, it's like he's saying, as long as you don't make them too mad, they'll be fine. Okay. Then, I went, then we started doing Kairos, and you may have heard me tell this story. When we started doing Kairos, we had to change the way we taught the Lord's Prayer because so many of the kids at Kairos had issues with their dads that when you said, Jesus said, pray our Father, or God loves you like your dad, it would literally lock them down. Here's what Paul is saying. Dads, don't make it hard for your children to believe in me. Don't make it hard for your children to believe in me. When I was little, I thought God had computers. I thought God had a radar. Why? Because my dad worked for the, on the radar system of the Hawk missile. And when my dad would take me to go to work day, I would see all of these computers and screens and all of that. So it just made sense to me in my little five-year-old brain that God must have a room like this, only it was much, much, much bigger. Okay? Now, let me give you one more reminder. Your children do not have to be biological. Timothy was not Paul's biological son. But Timothy is referred to called a son. Okay? I have two biological sons. I have lots more sons that are not biological. I have sons who will call me and say, can we meet for breakfast? Can we, I, mean, I, I got a decision to make. Uh, yeah, okay, and, and, and we're getting together. I don't have any biological daughters. I have lots of adopted daughters who will bring their boyfriend to me and I've got to do the daddy grill, okay? Uh, and I love it when they bring a short one because I can stand close and make him look up. And tell him, if you hurt this girl, only me and God will know what happened to you. <laughs> In the fractured families of America, we have all kinds of young adults, young families, young marrieds who are showing up to church as orphans. And you and I have the privilege and the calling and the opportunity to step in and be father figures to these young people. Okay? Had a guy stop me last night as we left, said, do you know of a father of daughters? I said, yeah. Do you know one who has survived it? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to meet him. Okay, so I'll be calling, getting a couple of my friends together, help this guy out. I said, how are you girls, 12 and 14? Oh, he's getting stupider by the day. Yeah. Okay, your children are given to you. And one day you will release them to the world. One day you will be held accountable for that child. So here are your table questions. Do you know the way for each of your children? Biological and not biological. 
How did you determine each child's way? How did you discover that? How did you help your child discover that? And what have you done? What are you doing to commit yourself to that child's success? Here's your homework. How do you define success for your children? Are you on the way for your children? Or are you in the way? All right, we'll flip it back and I'll give you the table questions and we'll leave them up there for just a little while and then just a few minutes if you swap it back and let them have the homework before they go, all right? Let's pray and I'll get you to your tables. But an awesome responsibility it is to be trusted with children. We pray, first of all, that we do nothing in our lives that would make it hard for them to understand you or know how much you love them. And that we would have the joy of watching each of our children find their own way. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, guys.